Greetings, greetings, good things. Welcome to the Plan and Story podcast hosted by myself, Carmen Tyra. I'm here to continue the storytelling tradition in a generation driven by emergent strategies and change. We're here rooted in broadcasting for the Moekma Ohlone Bay Area, also known as San Jose, California. Some stories will intersect, diverge, or be heard as they're still developing. May hearing these stories spark a bit of joy and a little bit of community for you on the internet. Welcome back to another episode. We are delving into contemporary art by reflecting on some of the latest art openings, talks, and closings I was able to go to in the Bay Area. Throughout this episode, we'll be exploring modern art's importance and impact on society. Starting with a First Friday experience at the San Jose Museum of Art, where I was able to explore Sadie Barnett's family business opening reception. I'll definitely be back to check it out on a day where there isn't all the humbug of an opening and the artist being present in the room, which was a very exciting and experience anytime you're able to meet an artist or let alone um, the family that the artist comes from seeing you know someone's parents supporting them at all stages of their career whatever your profession is is uh, always an encouraging thing to see i know that i'm able to benefit from that kind of support from my family as well city burnett's work explores their descendants from the Black Panther Party and and members of the Black Panther Party, and also just living in the Bay Area and growing up here in Santa Clara County and in Oakland. This installation allows you to kind of step into a nostalgic living room setting with these vinyl wrap, uh, large armchair and couch, and they have that same kind of sticky plastic couch cover feeling, but they're done in these really beautiful silver luminescent vinyl wrap, (laughs) which this adornment and beauty and joy is kind of woven and glued and sparkling through all of Sadie's work to counteract that balance of these really hard subjects that you are looking at, not even knowing that you're looking at them. And again, now anytime an artist is is around to talk about their work, lean in your ear and listen because it'll just get you even more connected to their why and the decisions made in the artwork. Uh, So later you find out you're able to step into this living room with this uh, short hair, dark green carpet and feel just invited to sink into this vinyl couch and you're watching this video play and there's this beautiful drum soundtrack over it. And later in the talk, you realize or find out that one of the children appearing in the video had passed later on. And it's that kind of... um, moment of relatability while engaging in this artwork that's like all about family and this is actually a second recording but i'm still welling up and i feel like that's happened um, with sadie's work on a number of times the first time i was able to engage with their work was um, for their eagle creek saloon project which i'm really exciting is taking a a new evolution it's going to be at the s of moma in april but with this piece it was, it was definitely felt different than some of the others. It wasn't um, as blatantly about 
uh, the Black Panther Party and the injustices that their family faced in terms of, you know, assassinations and um, legal disputes and these unsealed FBI records that are often found in, in the other installations that I've seen. So it was just very, um, uh, it caught me off guard <laughs> that this too uh, was uh, an installation that um, has this level of, of macabre in it. And um, the the black wall was so beautiful. It was like this giant emery board because it was like this flat pink. And then you had to come up close to it to see this glimmer. And then the projected video on the wall was just like really helping it shine. So it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. And any opening you go to, you expect to see people, but I was not expecting and able to not expecting to be able to have such a long conversation with an, another adored artist of mine, Erica Demon, who is a photographer um, that immigrated here from the United Kingdom and does these incredible, incredibly intimate portraits of black and brown bodies, black and brown individuals. And and opening, sometimes it's about the artwork, sometimes it's about the community. And um, this event was was definitely uh, a perfect blend of those. And it will be up until October. So if you're near San Jose, the San Jose Museum of Art, you should absolutely check it out. After that, later this week, for the very first time, um, I visited the Triton Museum in Santa Clara, which was a really interesting place that I need to look into more of like the history, how it came to be. It was across the street from the Santa Clara City Hall. And for being, you know, just down the highway in San Jose and then the city of Santa Clara is right there. I felt like in such unfamiliar territory, it was really interesting. Um, but the exhibition that I was there to see uh, was by an artist, Pentia Karimi. The exhibition was titled Saffron, the Saint of Spices. And again, it was just very interesting to, to be there for this artist talk. Um, I met Pentia through Grantland, and they've been successful in, in writing some grants, including uh, the one at the UCSF that allowed them to do um, kind of a research-based artist-in-residency there. And they were able to go through these archives of old books, and in doing so, they found these illustrative depictions of saffron. And they, the illustrations were just completely different of their memory and their knowledge of saffron and living uh, so close to the province where saffron is collected. And I learned that in addition to saffron, there's also safflower, which uh, the threads look very similar, but it's a diluted form and doesn't have the same aroma because it's a different species of plant. And that saffron is another one of those miracle adaptogens that can be mood boosting, that can help your um, mind um, through inflammation. Um, That's a whole other conversation to get into about um, what inflammation does to our health and how uh, those very like natural supplements that work against inflammation are, are great in your daily routine. So she was talking about how every day she's drinks, um, you know, some pre-prepared saffron, um, kind of like a liquid extract, just hot water ground up and then, um, just pouring hot water on it to, to extract the liquid. And then that gets added in tea and she said to freeze it. So, 
uh, some tips <laughs> to look into. It was just really interesting to see them reflect on their childhood growing up in Iran. I have a book behind me that is uh, all about uh, Islamic art because it was one of my favorite periods to learn about in art history, just the ornate, detail-oriented, just the very like obsessive art <laughs> that I still love and admire today. I feel like it's reflected in that. And for Pentia, they're describing how, you know, now they're they're an atheist and how, how um, the kind of religious indoctrination that they went through in school really like pushed them in that direction. And yet now kind of reflecting back, they're able to find the the parts of it, like the art, like the craftsman craftsman work, like the motifs found throughout religious artwork, um, in addition to specifically Islam, and and uses that as a way to uphold saffron in its its saintliness. And then did this through a very like beautiful illuminated uh, plant sculpture, these incredible marblings that were kind of I don't know, glitch marblings, intentionally glitch marblings um, that she then painted these saffron images on in the gaps uh, of the marbles that would be these like, you know, wavy, perfect chevrons that would typically grace the inside covers of religious texts and just using the art in this previous form as a way to um, take a deeper dive into saffron and how we can kind of find personal significance and and health and well-being, all those things that religion can provide, uh, but in these like natural substances. And I'm sure there's a lot of plants (laughs) that would fall under that category. Um, but seeing this exhibition, just kind of the potentness of the color and also that it takes like close to 500 threads for a gram of saffron. And it's these hand picks, just the styluses within these flowers. And it's only within a short period of time. And if you're here based in the U.S., check your labels. It's possible that um, because of the sanctions that are now on Iran, that the saffron is is genuine cultivated saffron that has left Iran and been packaged somewhere else like Spain and then shipped to the U.S. and sold as Spanish saffron, where it might actually be Iranian saffron. And that's what you want <laughs> if you don't want it diluted with the safflowers, what I learned. And then lastly, that same day, drove back down to San Jose for One Culture's Graffiti Legends closing event. This gallery is really exciting to me. It's elevating local art, graffiti art, street art to this level that is really accessible and inviting and just providing something that feels missing um, in the landscape of of art. (laughs) And... 
uh, both Andrew and Lou, who are kind of directing and curating the space, are bringing such a level of like personal connection to the work as well that just makes it really inviting. And I haven't missed a single event yet or a single opening, I, I don't think. Or even if I don't go to the opening, I always make sure to circle back because I, I want to see what they're showing. And eventually I want to start collecting what they're showing as well. But that is a process and a journey that everyone should feel welcome to take their time on, but get on that wagon. Because when you are collecting from local artists, you're you're supporting someone in the neighborhood to to keep going and to challenge rules that don't necessarily need to be in place and to expose when there are rules that are discriminatory as well. And I think that was something that was very interesting about this graffiti legend show. I just like learned that San Jose has a really significant place in the overall history of graffiti art. And it's it's pretty shocking because, you know, you drive to a city like San Jose and then, you know, just 30 minutes away, there's Oakland, California, and just visually it's entirely different. And I learned that that has to do with some of the very restrictive, highly uh, punitive laws that San Jose has against vandalism in comparison to other places. So it's beautiful to see a shop and individuals like the folks that are at One Culture creating safe spaces and safe walls for people to perform this kind of graffiti artwork. So behind their gallery um, in an alleyway and then also in a neighboring parking lot, they did like a huge graffiti mural blowout on the walls. And so it's these like really incredible pieces in like that very unique graffiti style. But like, you know, everyone that painted has like a different different style that they were using, uh, but it's all graffiti artwork and seeing it in a place that is like designated for it, also celebrated, also like right across the street from City Hall. It just feels like a, a good movement and shift in, in in San Jose's art art and culture scene. And I'm glad to to be here, to be witnessing it, to be experiencing it and talking about it and to be reflecting it reflecting on it here with you as well. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Check out the posts if you want to see photos and hyperlinks. You can go to planetstory.co. And until next time, have a good one.